Grab your Bibles as we get ready to go into this Advent season. Um, there is a word that I believe God wants me to share with you in the book of Luke. Go with me to the book of Luke, and then we're going to just share briefly and allow God. to move and be God in our midst. And for the next few weeks as we lead up to the Christmas season, we're going to be here and just share what God would have us to share with you. Look with me at verse 30. I'm just going to read there. Well, let me read the entire narrative and then I'll take it a section at a time. Go to verse uh, 26. Luke chapter 2, verse 26. And let me know when you're there by saying amen. amen. And here's what it says. It begins by saying this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings. O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be, of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, I, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God, and behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her whom was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Come on, say amen. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, that it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let us pray, and then we're going to go into the word. God, you're wonderful. God, you're awesome. God, you're gracious. God, you're kind. God, you're merciful, Lord. And as we open scripture to go into your word, I'm praying that you would speak through me. Felix moves out of the way, God, and invite you just to take residence in my life. It's about you, what you want said, not what Felix wants to say. So we give our hearts to you. We give our time to you that you may be glorified, Lord. Let something be said that would encourage someone to go on and be more of who you would have them to be. It is in your name we pray and thank you. Amen and amen. Come on, say amen. Amen. Now, point yourself. God, just let me just come down here. I'm getting comfortable down here, so I'll just come here and, and talk to you this morning. Amen? Point to yourself and say, self, God favors me. Oh, you got to say it like you mean it. Come on, say, self, God favors me. Point to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor to your left or right and say, neighbor, I need you to know this morning that God favors you. Amen. Come on, tell the other neighbor. Come on, you just tell him. Say, other neighbor. God favors you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. I need y'all to hear that this morning. And um, 
the Lord has been laying on my heart, particularly as we go into the Christmas season, to be a little prophetic. And by that I mean um, Christmas could be such a depressing time for some. Come on, are you with me? Those that don't have family members, those that don't have a lot, those that feel like they may have lost some things. It could be a time where you don't know if you're going to make it. You, You just sit at home and sometimes I'm going to say even feel sorry for yourselves. But I want to encourage us all this morning that as we look at this passage of Scripture that's in front of us, and particularly for the next three weeks as we lead up to the Christian, I mean, the Christmas season, I want to just encourage you all to know that God favors you. Amen? Amen. You got to hear me say that from the depths of my heart. I really feel that the Lord is just impressing out of my heart to just drive that point home that God favors you. Amen? I don't know about you, but for me, that's very, very encouraging to hear that for me. When the Lord just kind of dropped that in my spirit and said to me, Felix, I favored you, it was very, very encouraging to hear that this morning. So what I want to do for the next few minutes is to look at this passage and extract some truths, extract some principles from the text that I think are transferable and that transcends time, transcends culture, transcends all of that to help us to get to where God would have us to go. So I want to share, I believe it's four simple things with you this morning so we can kind of hear and see what God is saying with me. So look with me at verse 26. I'm going to read verse 26 through 28, and then we'll just talk through and share some things in the text. Say amen if you're there again one more time. Listen to what 26 says as we look at this story of of the birthing narrative of Jesus. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And then it says, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And it says, the virgin's name was Mary. And he said to her, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And at the risk of... Of do, jump to verse 30 one more time. Let me jump to verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I want to share four simple things. And the first thing I want you to take away is this, is that you, you need to hear me say this morning that you really are highly favored with God. Amen. Are you with me? I, I just, I, I don't know how else to say this, but to keep saying it over and over again that you really are highly favored with God. And I want you to lock into this, this principle as we kind of walk through this text. When you look at the passage that's in front of us, what it is, it's just, it's a narrative that, that kind of lays the foundation or paints a very, very important picture for the entrance of our Lord and Savior into the earth realm. We all know that the reason Jesus entered the earth was to seek and to save that which was lost, and to pave the way for all of us to have a relationship with God. But when we look at this text, and you notice how it happens, the text says in verse 26 that it was pretty much six months after this same angel had previously showed up to Elizabeth and announced what God was going to do through her, God dispatched that angel again. And the text says that the angel came to this little town called Nazareth. Now, what's important about Nazareth is that it was an insignificant town at the time of the writing, an insignificant town in Palestine, meaning that the population was probably around 1,600, just a small town, right? And you would wonder, with a town being that small, can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
But what's striking about the visitation of the angel, he went to this virgin. I'm going to talk about that word in a little while. And the interesting thing about the virgin is that she was betrothed or in modern day time engaged. Now here's what you need to know about the betrothal process. This was a lot more serious than what we refer to as our engagement process today. Most of you may not have known this because the way we read this text and we've heard it over history is that she was engaged or betrothed to be married to Joseph and we end the story there. But what you need to know, Mary's father had already her permission to marry Joseph, okay? Joseph had already paid the betrothal price. This thing was going down, okay? So you know how marriage happened in Palestine, right? The parents get together. They did what they need to do. Sorry, Lorenzo, you didn't get no money for Veronica. Hey, you didn't pay me, bro. You know, yeah. You know. <laughs> so the betrothal process, you know. But, but it, well, there was some exchange of goods, exchange of resources, exchange of finances. And this thing was a sure thing that was going to happen. And the importance of the betrothal process is that the man and the woman remained apart from each other during this engagement period to ensure, let me use some modern day terms, that premarital sex would not happen. Come on, are you with me? I got quiet right there. Just say amen. Amen. We got to go back to that day. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> and then it gives you the name of the, the age of this person, not important, of, of Mary. Mary, of uh, virgins in that day and age, was probably between the ages of 14, 13, pretty young at that particular point in time. And so the angel came and he greets her and then he uses this interesting term. He says, you have found favor with God or greetings, you who are highly favored. And then he says, the Lord is with you. Now, before I go too far into the text, I need to take a moment to define the word favor because what we have done in Christianity today is when we testify and we say this, Man, how are you doing? Um, what we say, what's it, blessed and high? Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. Here's what that means. That means that you've got money in the bank. Oh, your, your bills are paid. Come on. You're not hungry. Come on, y'all. Everything seems to be okay on the surface level. Now, a response, how are you doing? And you start saying things like blessed and highly favored could potentially come across offensive to a person who is not feeling blessed and highly favored at the time. Can, can we talk about this, right? But, but I want to set the record fair, um, clear as we look at what this word favor really means. Favor, and I, I'm going to say this over and over again, Favor has nothing to do with possessions. Oh, come on, come on, talk to me. Favor has nothing to do with place of residence. Come on. Favor has nothing to do with what you have on or what, how, many money, how much money you have in the bank or your place of residence. Favor has nothing to do with this, but favor has everything to do with God blessing you in spite of you. Well, I wish I had somebody. Uh, yeah. So, so notice, what the notice the definition. Favor, then, is a, a grace gift that God deposits on or within you. And notice what it says. To empower you to fulfill a specific purpose or destiny in life. 
Now, the reason I like that definition for the Greek word charis, it means this. By virtue of the fact that you are alive and under the sound of my voice is indicative of the truth that God favors you because none of us in here are an accident with God. Oh, come on. Can I get at least three witnesses? So when the text, when the text, when the text says, when the text says, Greetings, Mary, you who are highly favored. Here is Mary's perplexion. Man, I am from Waterloo, Iowa. Come on, I'm not even from Denver, Colorado. Y'all not hearing me. I am not even from a big town. Do you realize where I live? I live in the hood. Do you realize what I drive? I can't even afford a camel with 20s. I've got a donkey. Come on, and, and so, so, so listen to this. What's favored about that? Why are you referring to me as highly favored? And I wish I were there because I can probably, if I may use my imagination, hear this angel say to Mary, Mary, God's favor on you is not indicative or reflection of possessions you may have in the earth, but it has everything to do with what God has in store for you. Oh, come on, come on, give me an amen. It has everything to do with what God has in store for you. Here's some grammatical nuances that I want to talk to, right? Notice this. If you look at the word favor in the text, right, it has some very, very important grammatical nuances. Number one, it's written in the passive voice. And hear me, what that means, what that means. The passive voice says that I don't do nothing to deserve the favor. Oh, y'all don't like that. Yeah. So here's what it says. God then passively is the source of favor in my life. Let me tell you the beauty of that. Here's what the beauty of that says. That, that by virtue of the fact that I am alive here on the face of the earth, God has purpose for me, God has destiny for me, and God has created me to do something unique. And this is what the angel was saying to Mary. Hey Mary, God created you for a unique purpose, God created you for a unique destiny, and I am simply showing up to remind you of who you are in God. How does Jeremiah say? Before I what? Formed you where? In the womb. And I did what? And I ordained ordained you to be and fill in the blank to the nations. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God has a purpose for you. Come on, tell the other neighbor. Say, other neighbor. God has a purpose for you. And then point to yourself and say, self, God favors me. Okay? So, so I said this already, passively, my actions, and I know this may sound blasphemous to you, my actions on earth does not dictate whether God favors me or not. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Because there are times, there are times when I don't feel favored. Come on. There's times when I don't feel as if God loved me. There's times when my finances aren't right and my home isn't right and my marriage is in calamity. There's times when I'm going through things and sometimes my feelings, come on, am I talking to myself? My feelings will make me feel as if God doesn't like me right now. But here's the thing about passively with favor. Favor is giving given to me whether I deserve it or not. It's given to you whether you deserve it or not. I'm going to keep going back to this because God deposited favor on you before he released you into the earth realm. So why do you think being here will change God's plan? Say it again. Say it. Say I'm favored. I like C, right? Perfect tense. 
Just say perfect tense. Here's what that means. Favor, I'm going to say it this way and I'll explain it. Favor is not seasonal. <laughs> How you doing, Brother John? Blessed and highly favored, right? Then somebody hits his car. How you doing, Brother John? I'm not blessed and highly favored no more. I'm going through. What changed? What changed? What, what, come on, y'all. What changed, Right? Favor is not seasonal. Here's the beauty of the perfect tense. Here's what the perfect says, right? Something that began in the past and it has ongoing results and the emphasis of the perfect is not what happened in the past, but what's happening right now. And here's what that says. If before the foundations of the word, God deposited favor on you, present tense, don't fool yourself into thinking that he's withdrawn his hand. Mary, 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 you have found favor. You have found favor. And I'm going to go through some things. And so here's the principle is this, right? Wherever you have been engaged early in life, okay, that means it's probably the place of favor in your life. Let me explain what that means. God created you to do something unique. God created me to do something unique. God created us all to do something unique. And the creative purposes of God in your life is God's favor on your life. Here's Mary's purpose. Your favor is to give birth to this Christ child. So he's defining, he's speaking to, he's outlining Mary's purpose in life. The same is true for you, and the same is true for every created being on the face of the earth, right? You don't believe me. Let me give you a couple of biblical examples. If you go back to the book of Genesis, Exodus, you'll find this guy by the name of Moses. Y'all remember Moses? Moses was favored by God, right? Now, here's the problem with his favor, right? Um, he was created to release the Egyptians from the hand of slavery of Pharaoh and take them to their place of promise. The beauty of the favor of God, and here's, this is going to amplify the truth that it's not seasonal, it's not part-time, it's not something that comes and goes. Even though his time was not yet, remember with me, he was in Pharaoh's house. Remember? And he saw, what's it? Uh, Egyptian beating a Hebrew. And what did he do? Release the favor of God on his life. And he stepped in. Come on now. And watch what he's doing, even prematurely setting people free. Oh, y'all not getting this. David, y'all know David. David, David was anointed to be king and he was designed, destined to kill the Goliaths of his life and destined to reign over Israel. But lock into this, even as a young boy, he's in the wilderness tending his daddy's sheep. Come on. And a Goliath in the form of a bear showed up. And a Goliath in the form of a lion showed up. And watch what David did. He released the favor of God on his life. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here. And what does he do? He kills the bear and he kills the lion such that when the time came, came for him to fight Goliath, here's what Saul says to him. Hey, dude, a boy can't do this. Here's what David's response was. Hey, dude, I am highly favored. You don't understand this. I know my purpose. I know my destiny. And the same God that caused me to do that is going to cause me to do this. The reason I gave you all that is to get to this. There's been things in your life that God has been showing you even as a child that you've been ignoring that could very well be, listen to how I'm going to say this, your place of favor. But because we don't know that, and we see what Jim is doing, and we want to be like Jim, because we think favor is about stuff and about money, we start pursuing the wrong things. Can I get an amen? amen. 
So favor has nothing to do with that, all right? Let's, let's go through this. Let me go through And here's the thing. So, so never allow, never allow, never allow, secondly, your present circumstance to dictate the reality of God's favor in your life. Get that in your spirit. Never allow your present circumstance to dictate the reality of God's favor in your life. So here's how this sounds prophetically an encouragement to you. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you're going through right now. God still favors you. Right? And, and let me interpret that. He still calls you for his purpose. He still has destiny for you. He still has a design and a desire for you, regardless of where you find yourself right now in life. Preacher, where are you getting that in the text, okay? Look with me. Notice what it says here in verse 29. It says, when Mary heard this, she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this is. Doesn't this sound like, doesn't this sound like, like some of us when we say, hey, man, God has a call on your life. Oh, God must have dialed the wrong number. <laughs> sound like Mary, doesn't it? What type of greeting is that? Why? Because we define favor through the lens of the world or through the lens of the church, and we feel if I'm favored, I should look like that, I should have that, I should be this, and we don't realize that we can be favored and be who we uniquely are. Oh, come on. She would trouble as the greeting, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, you have found favor with God. And behold, and he's, he's laying all this prophetic thing, right, to Mary, contextually. You will conceive in your womb. You will bear a son. You will call his name Jesus. Come on. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne, it says, of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will be no end. I want you to see the providence in this, right? The pro- divine providence says, Mary, you have found favor because God created you you for purpose and destiny, and the purpose is the Christ child that is about to enter into the world, the Savior, the deliverer of the world, the one that's going to redeem mankind is going to come through you. I wish I had somebody in here, and he's telling me everything that's going to happen, and then lock into this. I love this. Let me keep reading, and he says, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom, the text says, there will be no end, and verse 34 slaps the daylight out of me because Mary said to the angel, how will this be seeing that I am a virgin? Say virgin. There's a problem with the English translation and text that I don't like because the Greek for the word virgin is this word aner, right? You would expect the word parthenon, which speaks of a woman that's been pure. But they use this word aner in the Greek, and here's what aner means. It means man or it means husband. Listen to Mary. Hey, how is God going to do this and release his favor in my life and let me walk in favor? Listen, if I don't have a man or I'm not married. Different conversation. Here's what she's saying. How is God going to show me favor, English, and I'm still broke? How, 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 how 
is God's going to show me favor and I don't even have a car. I'm catching the bus. How is God going to show me favor? And I, I'm on food stamps. Welfare. How is God going to show me favor? She says, I don't have a man. Here's what she's saying to the angel. Hey, I'm cool, but I am from Nazareth. And I don't have the mechanism for God to work through to prosper me. I'm single. How's God going to do this? Right? Isn't that my problem? And isn't that your problem? We say to you, you're favored by God. But what we do, we look at what we have. We look at the stuff. We look at our circumstances. We look at our past. We look at our failures. We look at how we've blown it. And here's what he says. Surely God cannot do through me. Somebody need to hear me say, God is not concerned with what you have or what you have done for him to do what he needs to do through you. It's about him and not about you. That was her concern. And a lot of us have not realized our destiny yet because we are dependent on earthly vehicles. Let me, let me go here. I got this business venture, but I don't have the resources. God would not have given it to you. Ah, oh, Jesus. I look at my present circumstance and it's dictating the reality of God's favor on our life. Does anybody know that the weapons we fight with are not carnal? Does anybody know that God, if God called you to do something, that God's got all the mechanism to make it happen? Excuse the example, but let me go back to the um, book of Exodus again, right? Here's Moses delivering the Israelites. He gets to the Red Sea, and then he says, hey, God, we got a problem. How are you going to get them to Canaan when Pharaoh is behind us and the Red Sea is in front of us and Noah built that ark several years ago. How are we going to do this? I don't have the vehicle to deliver them. Listen to the response. Hey Moses, what's that you have in your hand? In other words, Moses, when I created you, I favored you and I gave you everything you need to do what I want done through you. The challenge is, stop looking at my assignment through earthly eyes. Stop it. Stop it. It's a heavenly assignment, not an earthly one. So, so watch. Here's what the angel says. Hey, Mary, let me tell you how this works, right? Let me, let me keep going. Let me tell you how. how. Look, look at what it says. Look at, look at, look at, look at. Let me just get ahead of myself. The power needed to implement God's favor in life does not come from you. It comes from where? It comes from where? Look at the verse. I'm almost there. Look at the verse. Look at the verse. Look at what he says. He says here. And he said to her, the Holy Spirit will come where? Upon you. And the power of the Most High will do what? Just stop there one more time. The power of the Holy, and he answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will do what? Overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called what? Holy, the Son of God. Don't miss the, miss the genitive of possession. That means son belonging to God. The reason God don't want you to use your stuff to do his deed is because you'll take credit. 
Because you'll say, I got the job. I got the degree. I've got the education. I got the loan. Come on, y'all. I did this. I done. And God is not interested in your stuff. Your stuff is for you. But for what he wants done through you, he will supply. That sounds like Acts 1 and 8. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, right? And you'll be witnesses. So here's, here's how God's going to do this, Mary. He doesn't need an, an heir. He doesn't need a man. He doesn't need a husband. He doesn't even need a vehicle because God will provide for himself what is needed to accomplish what he wants done. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. And we're ineffective because we don't allow God to work through us. We lay powerless, not realizing we are filled with the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we lay dormant, not doing what God wants done. I'm not favored because I don't see none yet. What's that in your hand? If you are alive, saved, and under the sound of my voice... You need to know that the presence of God lives in you. And if the power of God is in you by means of his Holy Spirit, listen to this. Greater is he that is in you than what? He that is in the world. Excuse the phrase, and I'm not cussing, okay? Stop sitting on your blessed assurances. There's stuff in you that God has given you. And we're sitting on God's holy assets. Are you with me? Waiting for something else. You're called, you're gifted, you're anointed, you're favored. There's giftings, there's dreams, there's passion in you. God wants his son to come in the earth and to infiltrate the earth. But he's going to get the glory for what he's going to do through you, not you. And we can't process that, right? So the power is going to come from God. Come on, say the power is going to come from God. Say it again. Say the resource is going to come from God. Everything you need, listen to this metaphor, to part the Red Seas of your life is going to come from God. Mary, you're favored. God's going to send a Savior into the world. God's going to redeem Israel. God's going to send a king that's going to live in the millennial with us. How is he going to do this? I don't have a man. I'm engaged yet. But Joseph and I do not live in 2018. We don't do the do before we get married. You don't miss that. That's what he said. And I tell you, ain't nothing going to happen until he put a ring on it. <laughs> I don't see the possibility. And listen to the angel's response. God is going to do it through you. God is going to do it through you. God is going to do it through you. One more thing, and then I'm going I'm, I'm to stop. Um, then we're going to pick this up next week. I want to encourage you some more. Uh, look at this. So God does not show you favor. I like this. So you can be eternally pregnant at some time, some point, the birth must occur. Must occur. Let me explain. Hey, Mary, the goal of God is to save the earth. So God is not showing you favor for you to walk around talking about, I'm pregnant. Hey, God favored me. I'm pregnant. Ten months later, God favored me. I'm pregnant. Forty years later, God favored me. 
I'm pregnant. 2,000 years later, God favored me. I'm pregnant. <laughs> years ago, God favors me, but I'm pregnant, right? The sign and the evidence of your favor is not the pregnancy, it's the birth. If all she said was, God favored me and I'm pregnant, I wouldn't be saved. You wouldn't be saved. And God would not be reclaiming the world to himself. Here's the importance of the point. The favor of God on your life and on my life is for the purposes of God in the earth realm. That means the dreams that God has deposited in you at some point, hear me say this, church, it's got to come out. It's got to come out. And understand this. I'm going to say this because we all have a relationship. I'm going to assume we, we know God in here because you're here today. tells me you know God. That it's not about you. It's about him getting the glory through what he has deposited in you. Amen. Give birth to the thing. Give birth. Right? So, so y'all know how the story ends. We're going to pick this up next week. She gives birth. She gives birth. She gives birth. But then there's this whole this Joseph scenario. What role does Joseph play? How does that? We can talk about that next. Joseph's perspective on all of this. But here's what I want you to hear me say this morning. And I'm going to stop this, wrap this up. God favors you. And God favors you because the world is dying and going to hell in a handbasket. And I just, we're in the middle of this series with reestablishing the kingdom. But I need to take a break because it's Advent. His kingdom is to go in there and take back from the enemy everything that the enemy has stolen from him. His favor on your life and on my life is so we can work with him in giving birth to Jesus in the earth realm. Sometimes the only Christ people will see is their encounter with you. Right? Give birth. Give birth. Give birth. I'll explain that some more next week. Give birth. Your design is not to be eternally pregnant. Here's what some of y'all are saying. Ever since I was a little child, I always wanted to. Fill in the blank. I knew I could. And here you are, 90 years old. <laughs> Still pregnant. I thank God that Mary only took nine months. <laughs> Amen. 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 Aurora is waiting for you to give birth. Denver is waiting for you to give birth. The world is waiting for you to give birth. You have been favored. Bow your heads with me. Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're kind. You're all of that. And as your word has gone forth this morning, God, your Christ child entered this earth realm. And we need to be encouraged this morning to know that we are favored by you. You've released Gabriel in, form of the whole, in the form of the Holy Spirit to come and to communicate with us that we belong to you. For that person, God, that's feeling low, that's feeling despondent, that's feeling depressed, let them know that, God, you are here with them. You love them. 
and you send your son into this world, God, to redeem them into relationship with you. But more important, you've deposited your spirit in each and every one of us as a seal guaranteeing our inheritance. Let us align with God preordained purpose and destiny and realize our God call, be it through business, be it through ministry, be it the marketplace, wherever we find ourselves, we all are created for destiny. It might be through a business venture, God. It might be through music. It might be through sports, God. We're all different. And your strategy, God, is to infiltrate the world with gifted people who are called by your name to give birth to what you've deposited with them such that when the world encounters them, they see you. My prayer this morning, God, is if there's one here this morning that have not said yes to you, that Holy Spirit, you would speak to them, that you would draw them to our relationship with you, God, that you would just do the work of conviction to let them come and say, I want to know God like that. I want to give my life to God. So Holy Spirit, thank you for who you are, for what you're doing, what you're going to do in this place. We bless you. We worship. We adore you, God. In your name we pray and thank you.